This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dimming the Gaslight. As always, my name is Mac, and I'm so excited that you guys are here today because, um, again, I have another super cool episode for you. Um, we have our first international guest today, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Um, she's got an amazing story. Uh, before we get started, as always, I want to ask you guys to give the show five stars, leave a review if you like the show. Um, please continue to subscribe for future episodes. Um, if you haven't already, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my name is Dimming underscore the underscore gaslight. And also, as I always mention, if you guys want to be a part of the show, email me at dimmingthegaslight at gmail.com. I'm always looking for guests, you know, whether you want to tell your story, if you have something to promote, whatever it may be, reach out. Let's have a conversation. So this guest this week, like I said, it's it's super cool. For the first time, we have an international guest, okay? Um, her name is Irina, and she's from Macedonia. Um, if you don't know where Macedonia is, we will give you a little geography lesson in a couple minutes. Um, but she and I have gotten to be really good friends. Um, we're like pen pals on opposite sides of the world. Um, we're going to tell you in a little while, you know, where you can follow her. And she's also has a friend that you can follow on Instagram. They do speak English. If you guys want to, you know, DM them, you can. Um, they're here to help. Our stories are very similar, just from different perspectives. We talk nearly every day, Irina and I do. And uh, she's super smart. She tells a great story. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear. So let's get to our episode. All right, everybody. So I'm here with my friend, Irina, and she's going to be our guest today on Dimming the Gaslight. Irina, say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this is an interesting story. I'm very excited to have her on the podcast today. So um, she has an interesting mission. Now, Irina is from the country of Macedonia. Okay. And she reached out to me because her and her friend have a Facebook group where their mission is to bring the awareness of narcissistic personality disorder to victims, women, women victims in Macedonia. So, um, she and I got to talking and she's been listening to my podcast and, uh, you know, she's been really outspoken and she's been sharing it on her Facebook group and, uh, you know, we got to talking. So, um, I'm really excited to have her on. And I really like this mission of bringing domestic, you know, domestic violence and, um, narcissistic personality disorder to the women of Macedonia. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your, um, your mission here, Irina? 
Okay, uh, yes, we, I live where I live. It's a very traditional country and domestic violence is swept under the carpet. There isn't much information about narcissistic personality. The women just don't know what they're getting into. They don't know about red flags. They don't know where to find information about it. And it's like like embarrassing to admit that you have this problem. I know yeah. I had that problem. Uh, yeah, I didn't tell anyone while I was suffering uh, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. So that's why what uh, we want to do uh, with my friend. We want to break this taboo. Uh, we want it to, to we want women uh, not to be afraid to speak. I love that. I love that. So yeah. um, tell us about the, what is the name of the Facebook group that your friend and you started? Well, it's in Macedonian. It would be something like support group for women who went through emotional and physical violence. Mm-hmm. Should I say it in Macedonian too? Yeah, uh, go for it. Yeah, Grupa za podrška na žedi žrtvi na emocionalno i fizičko nasilstvo. Very and cool. I also have, yeah, I also have an Instagram page, uh, which uh, the content is is in Macedonian because, like I said, there isn't much information in Macedonian, and there are women who don't understand English. And it's it's called Hear Me Too underscore Stop the Silence. And my friend who is the other admin of this group uh, also has an Instagram page with, and her content is in English so if anyone of your audience wants to follow her it's called Merit underscore with uh, underscore Narcissist. Got it. Okay so um, the Macedonia Arena's Macedonian page is hear me to underscore stop the silence and her yes. friend who also they have a, a Facebook group is her content is in English so it's married underscore with underscore narcissist all right so i really am interested in this mission that you guys started and uh you know as i mentioned irene has been very vocal about my podcast and um you know i I really appreciate her listening as i do to to all you guys so um you know i wanted it it's funny because we're on different sides of the world if you don't know where macedonia (laughs) is um and don't be offended irena because i had to look it up too but if i looked at a map (laughs) it's um (laughs) like just above greece and just below serbia is that right it's like Kind of the yeah, same. Yeah, that's Caribbean exactly Greece. it. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. um, but the interesting thing is, you know, I'm a male from America. You're a female from Macedonia, and we relate so much to each other's story. So, I don't think it matters so much as where you are in the world, your gender, your age, your um, you know background, whatever it is. We have this almost universal language, which is that we've all experienced this narcissistic personality disorder, and we can all relate. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's oh. weird. It's like the same person, copy <laughs> I paste. I know you and I, you and I have been talking, and it's yeah, copy and paste. You and I have been sitting there going, "Oh my god, I went through that too." So, I'm gonna <laughs> tell us a little bit about your story. I don't know where you want to start. Um, it's your show, so so go for it. What do you want to talk about? Okay, I'm going to start a little bit with my background. I listened to your podcast and I related with your childhood. Like you said that in your childhood, you missed that uh, you didn't have closeness in the family. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that tool. Nobody ever said, I love you. Mm. I don't remember hearing it as a child and weren't talking about emotions that that was never discussed. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, also, there was the problem of poverty. We, it was like, really, we were really poor. Like, we were uh, the kind of poor where you wonder if you would have uh, food on the table at the end of the month. Mm. So I was very shy about it. I didn't get, I didn't socialize much. And mm-hmm. uh, I was a nerdy girl. <laughs> 
So when I was a child, I also suffered some uh, bullying from the okay. other kids, and you know how you know how cruel kids can be when this happens. And I didn't talk about it. There was there were a couple situations when it got so bad that my mom had to come to school, but that was it. Like she came to school, it was discussed, but and then nothing anymore. Like the bullying kept going on. Yeah, kids just being kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's a problem. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It shapes your whole rest of your life, you know, going through that kind of stuff. It creates all this doubt and unworthiness. And yeah, I had those experiences as a kid, too. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. And and then, well, my parents were not abusive, but there were times when my dad would drink too much. And I dreaded it from the fact like, what if someone sees him? It would be so embarrassing. So he was not an alcoholic, but, you know, you're a kid and you're embarrassed. Yeah, right. So I wouldn't go much into it anymore. Like, I just wanted to give you a short intro. Okay. Tell us about how you, you know, came to meet your narcissist. I knew him uh, from around town. Like, I've seen him, but I didn't really know him. And he added me on Facebook. Okay. And he started writing. And I responded, okay, he wasn't really my top type. I didn't uh, like him much, but... We had a good conversations, like I, and I fell for it. I guess I, I missed having a conversation since the that was my background. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny in the family. It's funny, you know. I find that a lot of people that I talk to, for some reason, a lot of people I talk to. I'm not sure if it was my experience, but a lot of people, especially women, say, you know, at first he wasn't my type, or like, you know, I yeah, wasn't really yeah, into him. Yeah. Like he just kind of grew on me. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the story. And like there were little red flags that I ignored even while we were talking on Facebook. Tell me some of the yeah. red flags that you ignored. He would say something and I'd be like, no, I don't think that you're right. I think that it should be this way. And then all of a sudden he would change. Like, no, I, I meant it like you said it. I didn't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was actually lying. Now, when I go back to it now, I realize that he was just mirroring me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They uh, do that all the time. Yeah. It's funny, like, if you had, like, the same political beliefs or the same religious beliefs, like, at first they'll, like, float out whatever they think. And then you'll yeah, come back yeah. and, you know, like, like for example, you know, with Americans, if you said that you were a Republican and then the other person said they were a Democrat, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they would switch and try and conform to whatever, you know, you said you would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> And Do you have any um, specific was... stories about that? About like, um, like you said, like mirroring you? Uh, it was just little things, like about uh, how the family should be. Like he would say, uh, I remember him saying that he thought that his par- that the parents, when people get married, should help the new couple. And I said, no, I don't think you get married. That means that you have decided that you can make it on your own. You, you can't yeah. expect your parents to, to help. And then he changed that. Mm-hmm. He changed. He just said, no, you're right. Yes, that is right. I don't think your parents should help. I just said it so you know that uh, you can be safe with me. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. Agree, I agree with you. Like, I think once you get married, you should be self-sufficient. You should, you know, be zero yeah. responsibility yeah. to your family. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all good to have family, but, you know, the listeners have heard my experience with my Nexus family in the past and I'm zero responsibility. Well, was zero responsibility in my family until I moved in with my dad. But uh, yeah, no, I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you is, uh, you know, you should be self-supportive. Yes, and then there was love bombing, like him saying that he never felt this way, he never loved his sexes like this, like he never took them home, like after going out, he never escorted them, something like that. And he pressured me into introducing me to his family after the first two weeks. Two weeks? He already introduced you to his family after two weeks? Why? Yes, he did. What, What was his reasoning for that? He wanted to show me how serious is this relationship. Oh my God. I, I mean, I wish you could see me right now, but I just kind of like scrunched my nose up and go, oh, like I wouldn't <laughs> want to meet somebody's family after two weeks. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to. I, it was just too much pressure. I felt like I had to. It's like polit- <laughs> sorry, yeah. manipulative bastard. <laughs> <laughs> manipulative bastard. What was his family like? His mom was okay. His father and his brother, uh, well, they're not my favorites, but okay, I guess, better than him. Not my favorite. I should get that tattooed. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get into it later in the story. (laughs) I can't wait. All right, I'll let you go. Go ahead. (laughs) And then there was pressure for me to post photographs of me and him on social media, which was also too soon. I wanted to see how the relationship would go. I didn't want everyone to see it. I didn't want everyone to know. How How far were you into the relationship at this point? That was about it. First two weeks. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Facebook official is something serious, so I get it. Yeah. (laughs) And then there were the bigger red flags after that. He started having remarks about my friends. He would say things like, they're not your real friends. I care about you, so I tell you this. They make you do this for them and they never do anything for you yeah stuff like that mm-hmm. and he yeah i started like he wasn't saying you can go out with your friends but you know i knew i can't i just knew well you in my experience they always make you feel guilty they say you can go yeah. out with them and like it's weird because you kind of look at them and you're, you're like are you yeah, testing yeah. he's pissed <laughs> exactly it's like are you testing me and then so they're like no you you can go out i mean it you can go out and then you go out and you're like wow she's cool with it and, or he's cool yeah. with it and then you get back and it's like the mm-hmm. like the sky mm-hmm. is falling yeah. on you it's like hellfire <laughs> on you because you went and had fun and they didn't get to go have fun but they never had any friends to go out and have fun with so it wasn't your fault no, even if he did go somewhere I'm not allowed to, he is like double standards. Yeah, totally. And also jealousy. Like, he was like, you know, some sometimes when uh, you're active on Facebook and then you go off, but it still stays green. And he would see that I was green. Uh, like, what are, who are you doing on Facebook so late? Who, are you, who were you writing with? And I'm asleep. Like, I have no idea. What are you talking about? And then there was also this event where I went with my mom and like, he was like, I don't believe you that you were there with your mom and I'm sending him pictures and he's still pissed. He like, didn't I'm believe that you were there? Like, 
that yeah, you... uh, yeah. I don't believe that you're with your mom. That's what he said. Like, what did he say? Like, oh, those are like old pictures you're sending me or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh like, I God. still don't believe you. I see. And then he, then it was obvious that I was with my mom, but he was still pissed. Like, I know. He, I bet we've all had experience with that. They th- they like, like, yeah, I was just waiting for, like, I took pictures with my mother, you know, in the past, just in case this situation came up and I could lie about it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> And also he would, I was studying for a master's degree back then and he would get, uh, yeah, I never got to finish it because of him. And he would, uh, when I needed to go, uh, it was in another town. So when I needed to go take the exam, he would get pissed. Like, uh, you never told me you were going that far. You never told me on time. How can I believe you now when you go? So I ended up missing the exam then. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. Wow, and so he, he stopped also... you from getting your master's degree? That is so messed up. Yeah, he did. But, uh, well, it went for a longer period of time. Then we, after we got married, I still go I still go take some of the exams, but the end I just couldn't take it anymore. It was too much pressure. Because of him? Yeah. Yeah, because of him. And he would also, when we never went anywhere, it was only at his place, like, uh, and he would keep me there every night and say things like, you can go home now, you're staying here. And he would keep me like all night until 5 a.m. And I would be like, tell him, please let me go, I want to go home. And he would say, no, you're staying here because you you will be my wife and stuff like that. And I guess he just knew that I wasn't gonna cave in and get married like that. Yeah, so he got me pregnant. Oh my god, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't realize then, but it was done on purpose. Like he said, I I didn't mean to. I didn't know that you would get pregnant. I, I just couldn't stop because I love you so much. I mean, does he not know? Like, did nobody ever teach him about the birds and the bees? <laughs> Holy crow. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's super common. And, and I kind of talk about that in my story. I mean, in my first child, I wanted to have my first child because I mentioned, you know, you know, I always wanted to create the family I never had. And I did feel like, you know, yeah, my, my biological, yeah. And I did feel like my biological clock was ticking and stuff like that. But I've heard that that's very, very common. And my second one, I was definitely trapped into having. But it's very, very common from what I understand is for a narcissist to, you know, want to have a baby very quickly, very quickly. Yeah, How- to, t- to, tie, to tie the person down. Because for sure. You, you're, you're pregnant, you can go anywhere. And like I said, I live in a traditional country and I felt trapped. I like now I'm pregnant and I have to get married. I can't embarrass yeah. my parents. Like single mom is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Being divorced is embarrassing and mm-hmm. being a victim is embarrassing. So how long were you guys together at this point now? Uh, we were together for six months, believe it or not. Wow. We got you pregnant after six months. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. And then uh, after we got engaged, started the wedding planning. And that's when I started realizing that something is uh, really off. Like there were the, those red flags there, but I didn't see them. But the, during the engagement, I just knew it is some, there is something off. But I just thought like yeah maybe he's nervous about the wedding and things will be better and 
Yeah, uh, he didn't get physically violent back then uh, during the engagement. It was after the wedding. Well, so he didn't get physically violent while you were pregnant because you oh, were pregnant did. while he was. You were he pregnant. Did. But you were pregnant while you were engaged, no? Yeah, I was, but I was pregnant after we got married. Still, okay. we got married in like three months. Oh my god! Oh, wow! Man. So you got pregnant planning, at six planning. months. Married? I mean, pregnant at six months and yeah. married at nine. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap! Okay. Yeah. So he wouldn't allow me to go home again. I wanted to stay with my parents because it was only three months. So I, I had left with my parents, and he wouldn't allow me. I had with him and then my parents started to be the be a problem like he would say things they they don't love you enough they don't care about you they don't they only care about your brother and stuff like that they don't respect me he would say they don't respect me what was uh, your parents relationship like with them they probably weren't happy that he got you pregnant after six months well yeah but you know like i said we don't talk much they're not like how do i put it we don't talk about emotions we don't talk how we feel it it's still like that i don't know we, yeah. we just don't have that connection okay yeah I but they are great they were great with my divorce and everything and i know that they love me i know that they're they have my back but we just don't have that relationship okay i understand that's fair so I don't know how they felt. All right. So he started and, saying that they, they were, you know, favoring your brother and, you know, they yeah, didn't really love yeah. you and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, and that they don't respect him. Like he would find millions of reasons. No kidding. Who would? Respect him. Yeah. And they would, and he would have made me like, you have to do this. So they would respect him. You have to tell them this. And I did end up saying some stuff to my parents that I regret, but it's okay. They're my parents. I guess they forgave me. Mm-hmm. And also the wedding planning, I can relate with you uh, with uh, that too, because yes, narcissists care a lot about the image and they want the perfect wedding For and sure. the perfect family outside. And uh, I never liked weddings and believe it or not, I didn't care. I didn't care what music it had. I didn't care what restaurant it was. I didn't care. I just wanted to have a nice wedding dress and that was it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he had to have the best music, had to have the best photograph, uh, you know, had to have flowers. They're always, they always <laughs> want to have so much control. Like, I can't believe, you know, I thought my wife was going to like come in on like, you know, a white horse or something. Like it had to be such a spectacle. And like, you know, uh, I don't, I don't think I like the attention. I don't like all those eyes on me, but you know, she was all about it all about it and yeah the best photographer and you know it was even funny yeah. because we saw um like after we got married we saw our photographer in the street or something like just when we were casually having lunch mm-hmm. or something and she like she wanted me to go up and like thank him for like such a great wedding i was like what am i thanking him for i'm like i paid the guy like why am i yeah. kissing his butt like who cares i hired the guy i paid him like you know whatever i don't know anyway uh, well, yeah, and all that stuff costs money, and I didn't want my parents because parents pay for the wedding here. I don't know what's the situation there. Uh, yeah, I don't want my parents to pay all that money. Mm-hmm. Yes, and still feel okay with it, but I had to do it. You know, they're narcissists. Mm-hmm. It has to be their way. It has to be their way, the way, and someone else has <laughs> yeah. to pay for it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, then there was the wedding. And there were even 
problems of the wedding. Like they had there was some uncle that put money in my hair. Your uncle put what... money in your hair? <laughs> yeah, it's almost Italian thing. Something like the Tur- you know, have you seen the uh, Turkish wedding where they put money on the bride? No, uh, we I have haven't. a lot. Yeah, we have a lot of common in common with them. <laughs> okay. I don't know. He just felt like it. Um, it's a wedding, okay? You can close your eyes to it. It wasn't really something I didn't care. It wasn't. It was nothing important. But he got pissed. He started. He took those money. He threw them. He said some things to my uncle, and uh, I didn't feel okay with it. My mom got upset. Like he like ruined the wedding, and uh, there was this other problem, you know, because we have this tradition when the groom and his family come before the wedding, they come to the bride's house okay. and they take the bride. Okay. They take her to get married. Okay. So uh, we go into the car and my father thought that uh, he should take me to the car. And uh, my ex thought that my father shouldn't stand next to me while I get into the car. And he got mad about that? Yep. But that's like a traditional thing. It's almost like your father's giving you away, right? And like, yeah, he's... yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It, it, the right thing was my father to get me into the car. Yeah, that's it, like it, universal it's how, every it's, marriage. Yeah, ceremony. it's how it is on other weddings. But he thought that that's not right. The right thing is for him to be next to me while going in the car. It's the weirdest thing how like every little thing sets them off when things don't yeah, go their yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so after the wedding, it was let the real abuse start. Mm. And, uh, you know, there are these different kinds of abuse, like emotional, mm-hmm. sexual, financial, and physical. And he did them all to me. Mm. And at first, it was stress. Then he started pulling my hair and he started doing that while I was pregnant. And we lived with his parents back then so whenever a fight would arise they would come to help and uh, if they weren't there i believe that it would get much worse oh my god is there any like specific thing that happened that set him off for that or it was just him just being i don't know rowdy? Uh, yeah at first it was if i said something when he would he wouldn't come home for like the whole day and i remember he did what it my I'm born on December 31st mm-hmm. and he went out and it was my birthday and I expected him to be home. I expected him to spend time with me. And when he came home, I told him, why aren't you home uh, the whole day? Like it's my birthday and you're with your friends out. Mm-hmm. And that set him off. What? Yeah. Why would he, what was his reasoning for being out on your birthday with his friends without you? I don't even remember. No, I don't even remember. I don't understand how you could like, you know, justify that. Oh, well, I don't well, know. he could I justify remember, that. Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't remember what he said. I'm sure it wasn't. He, I'm sure it wasn't a valid uh, excuse anyway. Yeah, it never is. And he it was it's just twisting and turning things like always making it your fault. Yeah, oh. it's my fault. Yeah, not understanding. Or yeah, something like it's that. your fault yeah. that he went out with his friends on your birthday without you. That's your yeah yeah right yeah and later that night I remember we we go to a friend's house to spend New Year's Eve, 
And I sit there on the table, and like he's so tired because he was out with his friends all day, and uh, he goes and uh, falls asleep. So I spend your save alone. Oh my god! Yeah. So your birthday was December the twenty first, and then New Year's you spend alone too. Thirty thirty first. Oh, thirty first. Thirty first. Yeah, yeah. Oh. The same day. It's the same oh, day. Oh my god. Yeah. What a clown! Isn't uh, it weird? Isn't it weird how like. So in the future, right? Like if you date again in the future, like just someone respecting your birthday or taking you out on New Year's now, like that's going to mean so much to you that like in your future relationships now, the bar is set so low that like all a <laughs> no, guy's got to do for you in the future no. is just, no, go ahead. No, actually the bar is very high now. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the boundaries are there. No crossing. Well, it's funny. So like in my situation, right? Like, so um, I'm very into American football. Okay. And uh, I'm a big fan of the New York Giants. I know that probably doesn't mean anything to you, but I'm a big fan of the Giants. Right. And um, Mm -hmm. my, my ex never watched a Giants (laughs) game with me, literally has never watched a Giants game. And I've thought, and I've said to her a thousand times, I'm like, you know, all a girl would have to do is watch one Giants game with me. And she's watched more Giants games with me than you ever had in nine years. You know what I mean? And I'm just thinking Mm -hmm. like in your situation, it's like, you know, when I say the bar is set so low, it's like all the guy's got to do now is just take you out from New Year's. You're like, wow, that's already more (laughs) than he ever did for me. Oh, well, on some level, but that's what I mean by the bar being set so low. Yeah. But some level, maybe I would be grateful if he did it but uh, it's a normal uh, but when you think about it that's the normal thing to do right exactly so yeah anyway go ahead go on with your story yeah so when i i gave birth to my first child and it it was i had problems uh, at birth and we had to stay a little longer at the hospital and i remember him making feel guilty like because i wanted i didn't want a c-section i wanted to be like normal childbirth Mm -hmm. and like uh, i told my doctor that he said that it's your fault because you said you don't want a c-section and that is why the kids had problems during birth Mm. Uh, yeah and uh, and uh, when a woman gives birth you're hormonal and you know you need support you don't need someone telling you you're guilty of something right I get it. Well, you're making me feel guilty because I didn't want my ex's mother there for the whole childbirth. But uh, I know no, there's conflicting no, no, opinions no, no, about no, that. No, 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 no. That's that's a different thing. No, <laughs> okay. That's a different thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had no problem. I was alone in there. It's uh, with, with men are not allowed here. Oh. Alone, so nobody's oh, okay. allowed. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, and that I don't think that's the same kind of thing. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're, if that's the, you were supportive to your wife after she gave birth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was pissed off about her mom being there, but that's interesting yeah. that the man is not allowed um, during the delivery in your country. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he never, he didn't do anything to help with the baby. Never changed diapers, never baited it, never fed it, fed it when he was a little bigger and he never got up at night when he cried. Mm. Yeah, and my first baby, he cried a lot, like he would cry whole night, and he would get angry with me. He would say, you can't calm him down, like your bad mother. 
Yeah, he made me sleep in the other room. And then there was one night, like before I moved into the living room, when while we were still in the bedroom. So uh, yeah, I forgot to mention I was pumping milk because because of the problems he, my boy had when he, he was born. He he was too tired to breastfeed, so I was pumping milk the whole time mm-hmm. while I breastfed him. And you know that uh, it was hard. I, I couldn't afford an electric pump, so I had a manual one. Mm-hmm. And it was like I would get up every two and a half hours to pump at the beginning. And the, the kid was there like maybe less than two months. And I got up and I was pumping milk and the child started ha- crying. And he was next to it. So him, instead of taking the child, and rock it or something he comes up to me and he pulls my hair my milk got spilled <gasps> yeah and he's screaming at me like why are you doing this your child is crying like oh, oh what God. are you doing with all with that milk in the fridge like if i had more if i pumped more i would keep it in the fridge so i have it ready when the kid is hungry um yeah, and that's one event that it, that I remember most and that hurts the most because I was yeah. pumping milk for my child and he spilled it and, it, and that milk was precious for me. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that's like, yeah, precious. Like, oh my God. So he grabbed yeah. your hair and spilled the milk? That is yeah. cruel. So, yeah. Uh, so then uh, the fight uh, got about money later on mm-hmm. uh, yeah uh, you know when uh, uh, after a while i started realizing this man is abuser and it is not my fault my parents do nothing to him my parents are not the bad guys my parents love me and i remember i started uh, when he would talk bad about my parents i would tell him no you're wrong i don't believe you and i guess he sensed that i was starting to get out of his net yeah you were starting to like pull away right yeah yeah and then bam i'm pregnant again i don't even oh my my yeah Oh no! Yeah, my my uh, my kids are like a year and a half difference. Like, so I got pregnant wow. right away. So he yeah. felt that you were starting to pull away. So he said, yeah, "Well, yeah, the solution yeah. is uh, to have another kid." Yeah, and I don't even know when it happened, but I remember when I told him I'm pregnant. Like, I was surprised. How did this happen? But he didn't look surprised. Oh my god! Like I, he did it on purpose again. Like I'm sure of it now. Yeah, that's. <sighs> That's not uncommon. Like I said, they, they try and trap you, you know, that's yeah. having kids is, is the move to, to trap somebody because then you, yeah, feel like, yeah. you feel like you have to preserve this family. And I, you know, I had that situation too, is how mm-hmm. can I leave these mm-hmm. kids? Yeah. So I gave birth to my second child and well, I had like two babies. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I took care of them, uh, alone at night he didn't move a finger and my older child was still a crier he would still get up and i remember holding one child in my hand uh, breastfeeding him and uh, like rocking the other kid with my leg like i had these crazy positions of uh, putting kids to sleep (laughs) yeah it's amazing how like you know you adjust to to you know trying to 
you know, manage both kids. I mean, with me, like I would see the thing is, is that I would sometimes I would get up and I would be with her when, you know, she was breastfeeding um, at night and stuff. But in like, I would just get up sometimes and just sit on the floor while she was breastfeeding. Like, and we would both be sitting there like groggy and like, kind of like, I call it the mortal combat spins. If you get the, if you get the reference, but like barely standing. And then, um, but sometimes like, you know, she would be up all night and then, you know, she would be sleeping during the day or something. And I would take the babies during the day. So yeah, sometimes I did sleep at night, but, um, you know, yeah. I tried to be as, as supportive as I could be, especially when you're up in the middle of the night and you're sitting here, you know, saying like you're rocking him with your foot. It's, he should be up helping you. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, you know, the reason that he was screaming at night with the first child was because he had to go to work and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, uh, I didn't have a job before I got pregnant. And I started working when my boy was four months. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't sleeping all night and I would stay whole night with him up and then go to work. But the same thing didn't imply to for me. Like he, he didn't care that I didn't get to sleep. He got a good night's sleep. He didn't care that I didn't. Oh like God. it's only it only matters when it's about him. Right. Of course. Because the world revolves around a narcissist too, a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, then the physical abuse got worse. He started hitting me, uh, and uh, like, like while I was on maternity leave, I had mm-hmm. like two babies, and he, I couldn't go anywhere without help because they both didn't walk very far. Mm-hmm. And he, he took my car, and he said, like, you can go out, I will buy stuff. And uh, he wouldn't leave me any money. So I was left alone with two babies and no money. <laughs> okay. Like, what if something happens? What if, what if I have to go somewhere? What if it's an emergency? What would I do without money? What was his reasoning for not giving you any money? I, my parents are downstairs. You can ask them. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, why would they, they have such a problem with, you know, they have no problem with taking or like doing what's best for them. But the moment you ask them to do anything for you or put to, you know, if, if you have to inconvenience somebody else, they have no problem with that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I started noticing that he was lying to me about money. Uh, like even later on, when I got back to work and I, I told him I want my card back. So he gave it to me. I don't know how that happened, but he did. Mm-hmm. Because I guess because he didn't want to go into the trouble of shopping. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Again, doesn't want to do anything for anybody else. Yeah. So, uh, and I started to notice that he lies about money. Like he was, he was spending more. Some money that we have that he has on his account just disappeared. And I would keep asking him about it. And every time I asked him, there would be like a fight. He would turn t- turn it against me. Like I didn't clean enough. There was there's always something not clean enough. And then, then there was the food was never good enough. Like I put too much salt or mm-hmm. I didn't put enough salt and it's bad. And I do it on purpose. Like I cook bad for him <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> like I want to poison him or something. And then you sit there and you go, wait a second. The conversation <laughs> is about money. And somehow like this yeah, this, yeah. this turned into yeah, too much salt in the food. Yeah. And I don't even know how this started. They, yeah. they start attacking the person rather than the problem. They yeah, do this all yeah. the time. And then... Yeah, and it would most most times it would get physical. 
And I remember there was this one time when we had have I'd have bruises and stuff. And I remember this one time when it really got bad, he hit me on the head, uh, head, and I don't even remember how it happened. But I remember that I went to work and I noticed that my head is bleeding. Like I didn't feel it in the moment, but bleeding? I noticed later. You know, I didn't. And uh, that was the time when I first uh, decided that I want to go to the police. Oh, good. Yeah, so I went to the police and they told me you have to go to the doctor first. And so you have doctor's report. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctors. I got that report, and when I uh, and I was supposed to go back to the police and report it after. Right. Uh, but I didn't get to go to the back to the police. Like I, I came out. He called me like some stupid things and stuff like that. And yeah, I didn't go to the police, but I threatened him. I told him I have this. And it's proof that you're an abuser. And if you touch me again, I'm taking the kid and you're never seeing them again. Mm. And he got scared mm-hmm. that I, I'm going to go through with it. It was the first time I told my parents that I that there is something like this happening. And I left that report with my mom because I didn't trust him to leave it in the house. Wow. You know? Yeah, I didn't trust him at all. I don't blame you. <sighs> They're not so... trustworthy people. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, he kept calm for a while, like maybe five or six months. He wouldn't say a thing to me. He wouldn't pick up fights. He, he was just uh, calm. And, you know, it's, you think, yeah, maybe this, I, we can work this, this can be worked through. Like, I still didn't want him to touch me. I just wanted an official marriage. Yeah, like, like a real marriage, like what you promised. Why couldn't you be the person you promised? Yeah, and uh, well, it's because you're trying to get back to that love bombing phase. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I wasn't actually. What I meant was, I didn't really want a real marriage. I just want, wanted us to be officially married, but not like. Yeah, I already hated his guts. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there was enough there that you know, like you can't. You know, you're already past the point of no return, right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, like, like I said, traditions. So. I felt uh, I had to stay with him. I get it. I get it. I mean, there is yeah. shame. There's there's a lot of people can relate to that. You know, first of all, the shame in divorce, you know, because, you know, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a hard conversation to have. And, you know, it's a hard stigma behind, you know, like, well, why couldn't it work and that kind of thing. But also, you know, you had your kids and you want your kids to, to grow up in this compact family that yeah. now like the. Yeah. the the chances of that are over and you're worried about, you know, what is this going to do to them down the line and how are they going to be able to, you know, what are you going to say to them in the future? Why did mom and dad not work out? And yeah, it's a lot to think about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I forgot to mention that I did try to call the police like uh, a couple of times before, but he would take my phone and mm-hmm. he wouldn't let me have it. Mm-hmm. So after that, after the event, like you calm down and you don't go through with it. And this was the first time that I went uh, that far. And the funny thing is that when I did finally report it and sued him, uh, they said, no, this report is not valid because you didn't go to the police after. What else should I do? So uh, after that, 
I told you like he was really calm for a while uh, for five or six months and then he there were started he started having problems with his father like his mom passed away uh, before that before a few months before this happened and then he started to, to have problems with his father like or he just portrayed portrayed them to me like that like he would go and he would say things like his that his father wants us out because we were living in his house uh, on a different floor and uh, that he wants to remarry and that he really he want uh, he wants to live in that house with his new wife or something so i got scared that maybe we will be left without a home mm. No, and so uh, we started uh, looking into houses. So we bought a house, and uh, the <clears throat> I'm paying for the house even now, still. Mm-hmm. And we moved into that house, and like I re- remember him saying, like we should buy this, like uh, stuff we didn't need, like getting into more and more that, uh, like uh, we need a new TV. And we didn't really need a new TV. We had one TV. We didn't need a TV in the bedroom or like a new couch or a new table. We could use the the old ones, like because we can't afford them. I'm paying for this house. Like I don't have more more money for to pay for all this other stuff you know it has to be his way so just got into more and more debt uh, yep. yeah so we, we moved into the house and he felt that he trapped me now so he started to be abusive again and the abuse just got worse and worse mm-hmm. like the same thing till uh, went like not clean enough food not good enough i was a bad mother the kids never listened to me and that stuff like i couldn't control my children then i wasn't allowed to do anything that, that was for me like i wasn't allowed to read books because that may uh, he would say things like you're sitting there reading all day and uh, nothing is clean you're just what? Uh, you're just ripping the dust under the carpet <laughs> that is like that. so such a weird thing to tell you to stop doing exercising also yeah i used to exercise and i stopped after i got married because he would always have a problem with that he would say the same things like uh, he can jump around like crazy after you finish everything else but you know everything else was never finished Uh, there was always something not finished with him there was always something that i had to do no even even if i wanted to go to bed no you can't go to bed you have to sit a little while with me you know give me company yeah Uh, I can relate to that I can relate to that because it's always like did you like I would do a thousand things and then there was like the one thing that I didn't do or like that they wanted yeah you know well then you know all the other things didn't matter yeah and he did nothing he before we moved in he painted the painted the house and changed the lights and then a whole year i was hearing yeah i did this yeah i painted the house you did, mm-hmm. you did nothing you didn't come to help and it didn't matter that i was doing all the cleaning and all the cooking and the, and the washing and all the other stuff it didn't matter i did nothing and mm-hmm. he did all that yep 
Yeah, and there was all, also the sex. I was never not allowed to say no to sex. Like, yeah, I was allowed to say no, but if I said no, then I'd have to listen to him all night screaming and yelling at me and accusing me of cheating and, yeah, accusing me of always being grumpy. And, uh, so it was basically uh, like he would... He would be, I would be emotionally abused if I said no. So mm-hmm. I just wanted, wanted my peace. And I could... Uh, Oh, while I was with him, I, I blocked that part. But after I left, I felt uh, I felt raped. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt sick when I remembered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how when I explained my situation, you know, how she wouldn't leave me alone unless, you know, I would yeah, have sex yeah. after my second baby. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's hard for a man to say that they're raped, but definitely sexual yeah. coercion. I can I can relate to that. And there were like this other stuff, like he wouldn't, uh, he would keep quiet and wait for the moment to pick up fight. Like there was, I remember this incident because I can't explain it well. I just have to give you an example. He, one night, it was like 9.30 something, and he says, uh, why don't you make some rice pudding? And I tell him, like, I have to put the kids to sleep. I'll make some tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other day, I just didn't remember to make the rice pudding. And he kept quiet, deliberate, on purpose, mm-hmm. the whole day. And he says, like, the kids were up a little late and it was 10 p.m. And he says, hey, you said you'd make rice pudding today. And I'm like, okay, I forgot. Why didn't you, didn't you remind me earlier? Mm-hmm. Well, you said you'd make some. Why should I remind you? And then I, I'm like, like I see that he's pissed off, so I say, okay, I'll make some now. No, you can't make now. You have to put the kids to sleep. Okay, then I'm like, put the kids to sleep, and then I'll come back and make it. No, I don't want to eat rice pudding that late. Why <laughs> would you make it? Oh my god, everything's yeah. like a test. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put the kids to sleep that night and we go to bed uh, and uh, he picks up a fight and he like he's like throwing around random things. Uh, he had a problem like because when I got that I would put makeup in the morning and I would dress up to go to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he didn't like that either. So he told me. Uh, I don't remember the whole fight, but I remember him telling me, you're not putting makeup tomorrow morning and you're going to wear sweatpants to work. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm going to get up and dress up like always. Uh, uh, Well, and then he's like, then get up and make rice pudding pudding now. Like it was maybe after midnight. And I, I said, okay, I will. He thought that I would pick up another fight, but I just... Oh, yeah, one hour or less sleep, whatever. I'm going to make rest running and keep my peace. Yeah. Yeah, oh and so there were more stuff like that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Everything's like a test. Everything's a challenge. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And physically, he wouldn't hit me for this period. We lived in that house for a year, but uh, he was physically abusive. I just didn't realize he would push me, he would pull me, he would uh, pinch me, like say, "Yeah, I'm just joking," and he would, uh, and he was pinching me like uh, uh, till the moment when, uh, when I cried and begged him to stop, like, "Stop! No, I'm just joking. You can't take a joke." Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And there, he would 
he started accusing me of cheating. He, there were uh, times when he would uh, throw my clothes out of the closet in the middle of the night. He would say, like, you, you should leave this house. I'm going to call your dad to come and get you now. But the kids are staying here. Oh, my God. And, yeah, so then there was the last episode when he got physically abusive again, like, really abusive. It was Easter, Orthodox Easter. And I remember that the whole holiday, like it starts on Thursday, we do the eggs on Thursday and yeah, uh, the Saturday we go to church and and uh, all of those things, he was uh, just uh, being uh, an ass, you know, <laughs> and then uh, Sunday morning we were actually we were supposed to go to my parents house for lunch and then he started screaming like we're not going we you, you didn't clean enough you didn't cook uh, like i don't know what and uh, he even made me call my parents and uh, he said like tell your parents we're not going because you are not a, a good housewife and he started screaming like tell them that you who are you what are you doing after work like like i'm cheating like he was uh, saying that i'm with someone that i go somewhere afterward to my parents and then after that like nothing happened uh, yeah okay we'll go to your parents now call them again like tell them you're going uh, and then he we he takes a picture and he posts it on facebook i'm pissed off and like he he posts a picture like we're happy family yeah i hated that stuff i hated that stuff i hated i never posted pictures with him mm -hmm. uh, my ex, my ex loved doing text. stuff like yeah. that yeah so yeah i only had those pictures on social media where he tagged me because i didn't feel like uh putting pictures like i know we're not a perfect family it's just an image i know that this family is dysfunctional yeah i don't want to portray an image that is not there right totally yeah and after that that night i don't know he got upset because the cat got in the room i forgot somehow to close the door and he got pissed off because i didn't close the door and the cat got in he started screaming at me and the kids were listening he was mm. spitting on me remember the, he did it the whole time i remember even this incident where my child spit on me like it was like a couple of weeks before i left my, my child got angry at me and he spit on me and it was the one child of the spit women. on you yeah yeah because uh, he was seeing his father spit on me oh my god that's horrible no yeah and it was like what uh, what am i teaching my ch children oh yeah that's and, that's crossing yeah, the line so, and he got really pissed uh he had been drinking that day so he he wasn't so much in control he started pushing me like you're leaving now the kids will stay with me and i didn't want to leave the kids with him because i'm afraid of him i don't want my children alone with him of course so i was yeah i was trying to push myself back and he pushed me out of the door and while i was trying to push myself back he trapped my leg with the door and oh, my man. leg was burst after that yeah yeah uh, so eventually he let me go back in and he started screaming at me and he was saying things like next time i will twist your twist your neck i will kill you and he said it with such hate you know i believe him i believe that he is capable to do it oh my god like i got so scared that night and i remember that it something just snapped i just told myself i have to go tomorrow i'm going mm -hmm. 
you know? So he's screaming in my head and I'm saying like, yeah, okay, you're right. I was wrong. Just so he stops and that uh, I can put my children to bed and that they calm down and they don't look at this anymore. Right. But in my head, I was just making plans. Like I waited for him to, to fall asleep. I got up, I took a change of clothes for me and my children. And that morning, uh, I took that and I took the kids and I left like I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. But I did, I went to, I went to get a doctor's report again. And this time I went to the police and then I went to my parents' house. And this time you had the banged up leg to show them. Yeah. 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 So... So there's the incident so, uh, with the bloody head, and now you have the incident with the bruised up leg. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were no bruises, but these are the, you know, the incidents that were were left the most impact on me. Yeah, for sure. I get it. Yeah. So the after I left, he came uh, to try to tell me to go back in, like. <laughs> convinced me uh, but uh, it was over I, I just didn't even think about going back uh, mm. I, I didn't want to die of course not yeah and you and, had every right to be afraid of him yeah yeah and I went to the lawyer and I sued him for for, for violence mm-hmm. and I also filed for divorce good but you know while while it all took time and during this time he tried to put pressure on me with the kids right Mm -hmm. like he wanted to make me think like that he was gonna take them like he he kept asking to have them every day and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but you know i didn't give in Uh, i stayed strong so we we all came to its place now, now it's okay. I have custody of the kids. He has wow, right to see them, but he doesn't do it like he should. So you have uh, full now, custody of the kids? Yeah, I have full custody. Wow. Yeah. Uh, How did that happen? The kids. Well, the kids are young, and uh, in our country, we don't have half custody. We only have full custody, uh-huh. and when the kids are young, they they mostly give them to the mother. Mm. No, so what so is his I visitation have, situation yeah. like? Like he had every other weekend and mm-hmm. every other Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he should pay me alimony, but obviously he doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, you know how I said that I'm paying for the house, but uh, in that moment I told myself I don't care about this house anymore. I don't care about the money. I will eat only bread if I have to, and yeah. I'm not staying here anymore. And you know, when I left, my brother was still living with my parents, and we were uh, like, they moved out later, like he, his wife, and, and the children. But we were cramped in. Like I, I was sleeping with my parents in the same room, in the same bed, me, my parents, and the kids. Oh my god. Yeah, for two, maybe two or three weeks. Mm. But, but uh, yeah, when I think about it, it's like, what did I go 
true, but at that time I was just I just thought about uh, I want out. I want out. Yeah, I don't want it's like to, even in that situation, even yeah. in that even yeah. that dark situation, you're like it's still better than being involved with a narcissist yeah. Yeah. and like having to live through that life. You know, it's yeah, like temporary and, pain for a permanent solution. Yeah, and he stayed in the house that I pay for. Uh, he refused to leave. I just went back once to get uh, our stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember, yeah, uh, and I made a mistake to tell him. Uh, but and he was there so he tried to make a problem so i had to call the police again to get my stuff and there was this credit card that was uh, that, that was mine but it uh, he will it he had it at the time that i left and i told him give me back my credit card and he says no i won't give you back you owe me money like i had money there and you took them when you were leaving right I, I didn't steal money, of course. And I said, like, okay, don't give it back. And I'll just report it lost or something. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. And that's what I did. Oh, my God. So he stayed living in that house. He's not paying, he wasn't paying any bills. Like, I have a, I don't know what amount of bills that are not paid in that house. And he even got a new fiance and he got um, her into the house oh my and God. her child like they were living in there and i was like paying them rent because i'm paying the mortgage oh my god how far how, how far did he have a new fiance after you guys broke up um uh, he proposed like after six months of course after i left yeah he, you yeah, see so many parallels uh, with your relationship after, you know, you get out, you see the same thing. They just recycle the same relationship yeah, they did with you, yeah. with them. Yeah. He started dating like after a month or so. <laughs> oh, God. I reported him uh, that uh, he didn't pay electricity. Finally, so they cut him off and he had to leave the house eventually. He moved out and he is living with his new fiance now, but her place or I don't know where and I don't care. But so what about um the house? So was the house sold or how did that happen? Uh, no, it's it's still not uh, settled. You know, mm. I after the divorce got final, uh, my lawyer tried to you know make an arrangement with him so we don't sue because if I sue, I have to pay more money. Even though eventually he has to pay me for everything, for all the lawsuits, because mm-hmm. he lost. That's the law here. I don't know of other places, but the law is that the one who loses pays everything. So yeah. he has to pay me, but yeah, I haven't seen any money from him. Can he even afford and that? I, well, not really. Yeah. Not really. So I, I don't know how you call that, but when someone owes you money, you can report him and they make, uh, like he pays uh, like uh, from his salary every month. Okay. From paycheck. They just, the, the court. Uh, they deduct it out of his paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They make him pay it, but, but he, they can take all his money just a part of it so yeah i did that so i just get a a little part it's like a third from the alimony yeah it's it's supposed to pay me like like i get a third and he he should be paying me the alimony on top of that money Mm. yeah well i mean 
The law is the law. I mean, it's kind of like what is what it's like around here. I mean, um, in America, you know, you can have your child support or alimony deducted from your paycheck here too. They can take it straight out. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that's going to work with me, but that's another podcast for another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that where it stands now? Is that, you know, you guys are separated. Um, he sees the kids, you know, part-time. Does he um, you know, you have full custody. Does he, does he still harass you at all? Or, um, you kind of have gone your separate ways. Sometimes he tries to, but I just, uh, I'm gray rocking. If you know the term, you're like, uh, I show no affection. Uh, uh I don't uh, go into fights with him. I don't uh, explain myself. I just let him say what he has mm-hmm. and keep quiet. And, uh, we only I I avoid talking to him. We only message each other, and and yes, he because I sued him for the violence. He has a restraining order now, so good. I don't see him. Good, so it's okay. and it probably yeah. helps too that he's in a new relationship, so he probably doesn't badger yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, he has a new supply. <laughs> exactly. Thank God. Yeah. I you know I I, yeah. I mentioned on a um a podcast a little while ago is that. You know, I don't know where my my ex is in her uh, dating game, but even if she does have a new supply, I hope I kind of hope that she does because maybe she'll leave me alone and, uh, you know, be somebody else's problem. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So. It all right. Well, eventually. Yeah, I hope it does. I hope it does. <laughs> it's the best case scenario. Yeah, for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say that uh, back then when i was with him sometimes i would have uh, this really dark thoughts like uh, i wish he dies and rots in hell and uh, like i would think oh, what the hell is wrong with me for having mm. these thoughts and i just want to tell people that it's okay like it's normal like after i talked with the other people like yeah they say like yeah i had those thoughts too so uh, I was relieved that there was nothing wrong with me. This is just a really bad person that you just uh, need to need a way out. Right. And you, even you don't see it, you just think of all kinds of things. Right. Yeah, uh, I, try- yeah I just wanted to say that uh, I don't, uh, if people feel bad, they shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've talked to so many people and, and one common thing that I hear from so many people is that, you know, everyone says they made me into somebody I didn't want to be, or they made me think the things I didn't want to, you know, they made me think things I usually wouldn't, or made me do things I usually wouldn't. And at the end of the day, like I hear this from so many people and I just, I take a step back and I think like, that's not, you know, we are not the abusers. You know, I think reactionary abuse is real. Um, it doesn't make certain things that we did okay. Um, but you have to forgive yourself for the survival techniques that you learned while you were in your dysfunctional relationship. And yeah, exactly. if you can, if you, if you can work that out in the future so that it, they don't come up in future relationships, well, that's the best like amends that you can make. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the best like apology you can make to yourself. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Well, listen, Irina, we're coming to the end of our hour. Um, I thank you so much for sharing your journey. You really showed so much strength by doing this. Um, I really, really hope that, you know, how we originally spoke about, you know, bringing awareness to the to the women of Macedonia and, uh, you know, knowing that, you know, even if you experience this kind of pain, you know, it's okay that you went through it. So, um, 
you know, if you want, as she mentioned at the top of uh, the podcast, her Instagram mm-hmm. is hear me to underscore stop the silence. Right. What's the name of the Facebook group? Uh, it's a support group for women who are victims of emotional and physical violence. Okay. All right. Yeah. So again, Irina, we thank you very much for sharing your story. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll talk to you soon. And um, thank you again. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. And letting me share my story. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>